Welcome to the latest podcast for our new episode of KSAT Explains. This week's focus is all about the digital gold rush. What is that? It's all about cryptocurrency. And uh, what is that? Yeah, we can, we can also ask that question. This is such an in-depth, complicated topic, but it is one that seems to be getting a lot more interest. And whether it's people actually using cryptocurrency or just taking um, taking an interest in it and asking questions. A lot of people are having conversations about Bitcoin and Dogecoin and the tweets. Oh, the tweets. So we explore all of that in this episode. What is digital currency? How it works? Define some of those terms that if you've ever looked up anything about cryptocurrency, you've probably come across blockchain and mining. Um, but something that we wanted to talk about in this podcast were some of the topics that were the most interesting, the most complex, or frankly, just the most confusing when it comes to researching this episode. And for me, um, I should introduce myself, by the way, Myra Arthur, host of the show. It was understanding the value. How does digital currency have any value? It's not regulated. There's no bank backing it up. There's no gold backing it up. So how can you actually use this to buy something or to pay for something? And, um, you know, every single draft of a story I read, I think I said, yeah, but what about the value? And I think my team members were sick of me asking that question by the time this project was done. But uh, a guy I interviewed, Andy Gonzalez, who is co-founder of the San Antonio Crypto Network, he really um, kind of blew my mind with this concept of what is money really? How, I mean, how have we all agreed to the value of the dollar as it is today? So here's, here's his explanation. So the concept of money is extremely abstract. And the conversation you and I are having could not have happened without so many, uh, all, the, all the hundreds of years, thousands of years of civilizations figuring out a way to bridge the gap, so to speak. How do I convert an egg to a shoe? How did all these civilizations before agree to transact on the same money and then give it equal value? And then that makes the world go round. If you have a money, a currency that never has the, the same value, how do you do business? I'm, I'm, I'm walking home with a money that is going to lose value or increase regardless someone's losing out, right? So that process of game theory of what currencies, what monies actually become widespread, what actually becomes the mainstream is actually a, it's, it's honestly a, a, an impressive concept in and of itself. All right. So in a nutshell, what he was saying is in part that currency is something we all agree on. We all agree that it has value. We use it as though it has value. And we go from there, which is largely what we found uh, when it comes to cryptocurrency. I want to bring in Lexi Salazar, who is the producer of KSAT Explains. And Lexi, you talked to a finance professor about this very topic not only the value, but the volatility of that value when it comes to crypto. Right. Yeah. So that that volatility, I think, is one of the things that it was kind of hard for me 
before we did this episode to take cryptocurrency seriously just because I saw how volatile it was. And it's something that Professor Mertuza Judliwala at UTSA touched on. So he he's in the computer science department and he focuses a lot on finance, cybersecurity and privacy. So all this stuff is right up his alley. And we were talking about, okay, so what exactly gives cryptocurrency its value? And he you know, one of the very first things he mentioned was Dogecoin and Elon Musk, which I'm sure we've all seen the headlines about um, about the tweets and the SNL performance. So here's here's what we had he had to say about the relationship between Elon Musk's attention and what that has on the value of something like Dogecoin. Basically, Elon Musk, right? He he went after that, and he kind of you know, in some sense, in a subtle way, uh, hinted at basically you know uh, backing it. That's why it generated that demand, a frenzy, right? The more demand it generated, obviously the value started going up. And and, and actually, the more the value starts going up, people want more, <laughs> right? And so it's kind of a, it's kind of basically, these are kind of, you know, very complex market uh, situations that, that effectively, uh, you know, decide their value. All right, so you just heard him talk about how this attention on Dogecoin from Elon Musk helped drive up the value. And so of course that sounds like a good thing for people investing in Dogecoin, but he also mentioned that, you know, having having that attention can have a negative effect as well. You, you see the same thing happening for Bitcoin in the past. You see the same thing happening with things like Dogecoin right now, right? Where at one point it was worth a lot more and people were just buying it. And then suddenly, uh, you know, Elon Musk washed his hands of it. And so now basically it doesn't, it's not valued anymore. And so effectively, you know, people are just trying to sell it and get rid of it and try to get recover whatever money they can. Yeah, that volatility is something that we saw firsthand from the time that we started working on this episode uh, until the time that it premiered. We saw the value of Dogecoin especially go up and down and all the, the ways in between. And I think right before we walked in to record this podcast, our um, Patrick, our team member said, oh, Dogecoin's back up. So, I mean, for today, we'll, we'll see. Uh, something else mind-blowing when it comes to crypto, NFTs, non-fungible tokens. It's fun to say, but what is it? RJ Marquez, digital journalist, uh, here to talk with us a little bit about that aspect. Yeah, Myra, wow. Where do we begin with NFTs? Um, again, yeah, and like you said, I, I enjoyed saying non-fungible tokens several times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, I what sort of piqued my interest with this was that the NBA started doing this thing called Top Shots, basically like digital highlights. And in my mind, I was like, why would you buy a digital highlight of something that you can like just YouTube or you could just Google. Like I, I can Google a, a Tim Duncan dunk or, you know, I could Google the Manu Ginobili, this and that. And so um, I found, I came to realize that this has become a massive, massive market. I mean, there are people spending t- thousands and thousands of dollars on NFTs because this is kind of the next evolution of art in a sense. So I guess the easiest way that I could, kind of understand this is that obviously the um you know there's like van gogh paintings and things of that nature but and there are several copies of that but there's always one original so when it came to nfts there uh, it's going to be an original item it's an original piece of digital art so i found that to be fascinating and i i still would not spend thousands of dollars on it but i can understand why people are doing it it's an investment to do so and sort of the different ways that nfts are made 
But in putting together this story about NFTs, uh, also spoke with Alex Eaton. He's also part of the San Antonio uh, Crypto Network. And he kind of mentioned that, you know what, it, it's kind of like a Wild West right now. And that the cool thing about it is that really anyone can make them. So you don't have to be this like this commissioned artist. Anyone can make them. It's digital art. So it's right there at your fingertips. And he kind of talked a little bit about that process. The cool thing about NFTs when you're creating them is you, you get to decide what you want to do. If you want to make one of one, you can. If you want to make five of five, you can. If you want to make a hundred of a hundred, you can do whatever you want. There is very little law and rules right now. I'm sure they will come around in the next couple of years. But right now, you as the creator, you as the person who's selling the object, you can give them the physical of it if you're selling a physical item. If you're just selling a digital item, this has nothing to do with that, right? Uh, you can burn the physical item and make it an only digital, or you can keep the physical and sell them the digital. The rule is you, you have to be very clear on your description of what you're selling as an NFT. You know, that really speaks to what we found throughout our research of crypto. One of the biggest factors at play is one of the most basic elements of any market. If somebody is willing to pay for it and somebody thinks it's valuable and somebody else is willing to accept that payment for it, you have the beginnings of a market. Um, it is it is mind boggling, like RJ said, you know, learning that millions have been uh, paid for somebody's five word tweet. But somebody was willing to pay for it, so therefore you have a market. Um, I really hope you have a chance to go check out this Case That Explains episode on the digital gold rush. We lay a basic foundation of understanding cryptocurrency, how it works, why it has any value, is it secure, and if you're thinking about dabbling in crypto, this would be a good place to start. Or, you know, if you just want to make sure that you're on the up and up and the next crypto convo you find yourself in, go check out this episode. Ksat.com slash explains. You can find this cryptocurrency episode. And on behalf of RJ Marquez, Lexi Salazar, and myself, we'll see you next week. <laughs>